Welcome to Music History Monday for November 13th, 2023. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Gioacchino Rossini and the Comedic Mind. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash robertgreenbergmusic, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the death on November 13, 1868, 155 years ago today, of the opera composer Gioacchino Antonio Rossini in Paris at the age of 76. He was one of the most famous and beloved artists of his time, and he remains no less so today. It is my humble opinion that anyone who does not like Rossini's operas, and believe it or not, I have met any number of such people in the rarefied confines of academia. Well, such a person is a crank and a humbug, someone averse to melodic brilliance, theatric sparkle, and wit. 10,000 Hours? In his book, Outliers, The Story of Success, Little Brown and Company, 2008, the English-born Canadian journalist and staff writer at The New Yorker, Malcolm Gladwell, posited his 10,000-hour rule. Gladwell's 10,000-hour rule asserts that, quote, the key to achieving true expertise in any skill is simply a matter of practicing, albeit in the correct way, for at least 10,000 hours, unquote. Of course, this is complete nonsense. We must conclude that Mr. Gladwell has practiced making absurd statements for well over 10,000 hours, so completely daft is his rule. Listen, when I was 20, I was 5 foot 7 in height and weighed 145 pounds. I can only wish that the latter were still the case. I was strong, fast, and had good hand-eye coordination. I also had a vertical jump of about six inches, so no amount of time and practice was going to make me a high jump champion, a ballet dancer, or allow me to fulfill my singular fantasy to be able to dunk a basketball. No way, no how. The magnificent Spanish pianist Alicia de la Roca, 1923-2009, is said to have learned and memorized in 12 days, when she was but a child, the 12 pieces that make up Isaac Albany's incredibly virtuosic Iberia. All 12 pieces in 12 days, one piece a day. Again, I would gratuitously use myself as an example. I have practiced the piano for many more than 10,000 hours over the course of my life, and there is no way on this good earth that I could learn and memorize any one piece from Iberia in under two weeks, if at all. Again, no way, no how. 
It is an unfortunate but irrefutable fact that genetic predisposition, meaning talent, counts for something as well. Yes, talent must be nurtured and practiced, but without it, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours means bupkis, which is Yiddish for goat droppings. Wit. I would suggest that among the gene-given abilities most impossible to learn, practice time notwithstanding, along with being able to dunk a basketball, is wit, which is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as, quote, a natural aptitude, meaning talent, for using words and ideas in a quick and inventive way to create humor, unquote. When it comes to wit, you either have it or you don't. Practicing bon mots for 10,000 hours will not make a tedious bore a witty person. Parenthetically, I tell you that I personally find few social situations more awkward than being trapped in conversation with someone who thinks he or she is really clever, but is in fact not clever at all. To paraphrase the old saw, tis better to remain silent and be thought a witless blockhead than to open one's mouth and prove it. Gioacchino Rossini was, bless him, pretty much always the wittiest person in the room. Yes, other composers were famous for their quips as well, the acid-tongued Johannes Brahms and the easily irritated Arnold Schoenberg immediately come to mind. Brahms was reputed to have left a party by standing at the door and bellowing, quote, if there's anyone here I haven't insulted, I apologize, unquote. The equally caustic Arnold Schoenberg wrote to a friend telling him, quote, I hope you weren't stupid enough to be offended by what I said, unquote. Great lines, both, but not as great as Rossini's best lines. The always quotable Gioacchino Rossini. When it comes to sheer quotability, no composer beats Rossini, because I must I would offer up some of my favorite Rossini-isms, some of which are well-known, while others are not. Rossini adored the music of Johann Sebastian Bach and Wolfgang Mozart, and he didn't care who knew it. About Bach, he said, quote, If Beethoven is a prodigy of man, Bach is a miracle of God, unquote. In a letter to his friend, the pianist and composer Ignaz Moscheles, 1794-1870, Rossini wrote, quote, I take Beethoven twice a week, Haydn four times, and Mozart every day. You will tell me that Beethoven is a colossus who often gives you a dig in the ribs, but Mozart is always adorable, unquote. At another time, Rossini opined, quote, The Germans have always been the greatest harmonists, and the Italians the greatest melodists. But from the moment that the North produced a Mozart, 
we of the South were beaten on our own ground because this man rises above all nations, uniting in himself the charm of Italian melody and all the profundity of German harmony. <clears throat> At another... T man, this is no good. <clears throat> At another time, Rossini opined, quote, The Germans have always been the greatest harmonists and the Italians the greatest melodists. But from the moment that the North produced a Mozart, we of the South were beaten on our own ground because this man rises above all nations, uniting in himself the charm of Italian melody and all the profundity of German harmony. He is the only musician who had as much knowledge as genius and as much genius as knowledge." Unquote. About Richard Wagner, Rossini was less kind. Writing in a letter to the German composer Emil Naumann in April of 1867, quote, Monsieur Wagner has good moments, but awful quarters of an hour. Unquote. At another time, Rossini said, quote, One can't judge Wagner's opera Lohengrin after a first hearing, and I certainly don't intend to hear it a second time. Unquote. Not addressing any particular composer directly, Rossini was wont to say that, quote, Every kind of music is good, except the boring kind. Unquote. As far as his own skills as an opera composer, Rossini had no self-doubt, famously saying, quote, Give me the laundress's bill, and I will set to music even that, unquote. In an undated letter, which will be more fully quoted in tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post, Rossini described the appropriate time to compose an opera's overture, quote, Wait until the evening before opening night. Nothing primes inspiration more than necessity, whether it be the presence of a copyist waiting for your work or the prodding of an impresario tearing his hair. In my time, all the impresarios in Italy were bald at thirty." Unquote. Expressing a thought shared by many opera composers, Rossini said, quote, how wonderful opera would be if there were no singers." Unquote. In an epigraph appended to the score of his Petite Messe Solennelle, Little Solemn Mass of 1863, Rossini wrote, Dear God, here it is finished, this poor little mass. Is this sacred music which I have written, or music of the devil? I was born for opera buffa, as you well know. A little science, a little heart, that's all. Be blessed then, and admit me to paradise." Unquote. For our information, Rossini's Petite Messe Solennelle will be the topic of tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes post. Rossini had excellent advice to give his fellow composers 
regarding critics. Quote, answer them with silence and indifference. It works better, I assure you, than anger and argument. Unquote. Rossini was one of the great gastronomes of the 19th century. Had we the time and space, I could triple the length of this post with anecdotes about Rossini's taste in wine and food. For now, this story. In 1864, Rossini's chum, James Mayer, Baron de Rothschild, sent him a case of grapes from his vineyard. Rossini wrote the Baron and thanked him for the grapes, gently pointing out that, quote, however, I am not accustomed to taking my wine in pill form, unquote. The Baron took the hint and sent Rossini a case of his best Chateau Lafitte. Gioacchino Rossini, despite the mental health issues and physical ailments that dogged him for much of his life, was a genuinely funny guy, someone constitutionally made to create comedy. Comedy. Nothing is more difficult to write than comedy. Let us expand on that statement. Nothing is more difficult to act than comedy. According to the actor, writer, and director, Peter Bogdanovich, quote, drama, drama is easy. Comedy's hard, unquote. Virtually every comment about the relative difficulty of performing comedy as opposed to drama that I could find on the web says exactly the same thing, including comments from Gregory Peck, Jack Lemmon, Sandra Bullock, Patrick Dempsey, Sharon Stone, Deborah Messing, Michael Douglas, and Julianne Moore. According to Michael Caine, quote, comedy is harder to do than drama. You can make anyone burst into tears, but trying to get a laugh is murder, unquote. Says Glenda Jackson, quote, comedy is much harder to do than drama. It's not true that laugh and the world laughs with you. It's very hard to make a group of people laugh at the same time, much easier to make them cry at the same time. That's why great comic acting is probably the greatest acting there is, unquote. Billy Bob Thornton concurs, quote, comedy is harder than drama because with comedy, you're expecting a result. You make them laugh. If they ain't laughing, then you're screwed, unquote. Accurate, though inelegant, that. According to Tom Hanks, quote, well, what most non-actors aren't aware of is the fact that comedy is more difficult to act in successfully than drama. A mediocre performance is much more watchable in a drama than in a comedy, because once comedy starts to fall apart, it's very hard to pull it back together again." Unquote. In some ways, comedic acting is like all acting. It's about how the voice rises and falls, and how an actor captures the spirit and feeling behind the words being spoken. 
But comic acting is also about speed and timing, about creating irony and negotiating the unexpected. In an opera, it is the composer who must do in their music what an actor does in a spoken comic role. Determine the timing and the contour of the vocal line. Find and illustrate the subtleties and expressive spirit behind the words and join music with words that actually intensifies their irony and the sense of the unexpected, all the while creating memorable melody. Collectively, that's a tall order. And I'd happily assert that composing comedy is considerably more challenging than acting it. But not for Gioacchino Rossini. His brilliant wit and sense of humor gave him the tools he required to be among the greatest composers of comic opera ever. Rossini's Comic Operas Rossini wrote a total of 15 comic operas, of which at least four must be considered masterworks. He made his professional debut in 1810 at the tender age of 18 with the comic opera La Cambiale di Matrimonio, meaning the marriage contract. In 1813, at the age of 21, he composed L'Italiana in Algeri, the Italian girl in Algiers. Three years after that, in 1816, Rossini composed The Barber of Seville, which is considered by no small number of critics and opera-goers to be the single greatest comic opera ever written. For our information, Rossini's The Barber of Seville was the topic for Music History Monday on February 20th of this year, and Jean-Pierre Ponel's outstanding video production of Barber was the topic for Dr. Bob Prescribes on the following day, February 21st. Finally, there's Rossini's situational comedy, La Cenerentola, Ozia, La Bonta in Trionfo, Cinderella, or Goodness Triumphant, composed in 1817, the year after Barber. Rossini's four great comic operas must be counted, along with Wolfgang Mozart's operas The Marriage of Figaro, Don Giovanni, and Così Fan Tutte, and Giuseppe Verdi's Falstaff, as being the outstanding comedies in the operatic repertoire. All of this from a composer whose 39th and final opera, William Tell of 1829, was composed when he was just 37 years old. Rossini then retired from the opera stage and wrote not another opera, despite the fact that he lived another 39 years. Rossini's retirement stunned his contemporaries, and it continues to surprise us today. His retirement is a story that will be told in tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes Post, when we explore the great work of Rossini's post-opera career, his petite messe Solennel. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.